Veritas Academy was chosen by Niche as the number one Christian and private school in Northern Virginia and third in the state of Virginia. Visit the National Landing Campus and join the Headmaster for Coffee every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. VeritasAcademyDC.com, VeritasAcademyDC.com. O'Connor and Company. It is 6.06 on O'Connor and Company. Thanks so much for tuning in here today, this Wednesday morning in your nation's capital. We got you covered all morning long at 6.35. Cal Thomas will be here. At 7.05, we'll check in with Kirk Cameron. And at 7.35, Astra Nomani. I'm Larry O'Connor alongside. Oh, my gosh, that's Julie Gunlock. Good morning. Good morning, Julie, to you. So, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre is the press secretary for the White House. And, again, I... I I hate to hold the Biden White House up to the same standards that they held the Trump White House up to. But yesterday, what we saw was a very attack on the First Amendment, freedom of speech, right to the free press and the very Constitution itself. This was an attack on James Madison, Alexander Hamilton. This was an attack on George Washington. This was an attack on the very notion of freedom. Do you want to listen to it? Yes. All right. I'll just set it up real fast to let you know that the New York Times, over the course of the last two weeks, ever since we had a sitting U.S. attorney say in a legal court filing that Joe Biden does not have the mental capacity to defend himself in a court of law, Mm -hmm. the New York Times has written a small handful of articles, mostly opinion pieces, saying, yeah, maybe the president's lost a step or two. Maybe, you know, there's something going on. Could not be more mild about it, right? Yeah. And here's Green Jump here. The publisher of the New York Times has talked about getting flack from the White House for its coverage of the president's age. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you think is sort of fair game when covering the nation's oldest president? And what- uh, by, by the way, again, I just I, I, need, I feel the need to constantly point this out to you, everyone listening, so you can see what they're doing. Do you notice how it's all about his age? Yep. Oh, uh, New York Times is getting criticized for for pointing out the president's age oh he's the oldest president we've ever had you recognize of course that none of us are mentioning his age we're mentioning the fact that his brain doesn't work right they're trying to make it about age they constantly maybe they're just it's a shorthand you know that's just a an easy little euphemism to describe what's really going on here but no it's not his age it's his lack of brain ability Mm -hmm. all right what might be off limits so look, I mean, a couple of things there that I would say uh, on that um, on that particular particular item. Look, you know, and you know, you you know, you all ask me pretty regularly about the president's age, and we lay out what our perspective is. We lay out what we see we've seen this president do in the last three years, which is deliver on historic historic piece of legislation that's going to change the lives of Americans for generations to come. Uh, that so what. Now, to your question more specifically about um, about the New York Times coverage, is that uh, that display what we believe a journalistic objectivity about coverage of the president's age speaks to why we agree with former New York Times public editor Margaret Sullivan. And she says, maybe the Times and other major media outlets ought to look in the mirror, self-scrutiny and, and course correction are not among their core strengths, and I'll leave it there. There you go. So there she is questioning the journalistic <laughs> objectivity of the New York Times. By the way, welcome I to the I agree cl- with that. Yeah, yeah welcome exactly. to the club. We've been <laughs> we've been questioning the journalistic objectivity of the New York Times for quite some time here. But, uh, but the reason- to question it, for mm-hmm. if the Trump administration, if the press secretary for, the pre- for President Trump had said that, 
Jim Acosta yeah. would have gone into some sort of seizure. Yeah, I, I mean, guess the difference is that instead of using the hemming and hawing and the umming and the ooing sort of word salad, the green jump here is, yeah, instead Trump would just say, well, yeah, they're fake news. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You can't say that. My heart. Yeah. All right. So in the meantime, let's go check in on uh, Joe Biden's brain, shall we? Let's do. Again, have nothing to do with his age, but he issued a video or the White House issued a video of him talking about NATO and Russia. An attack on one is an attack on all. That's what NATO's Article 5 says. It's a simple but powerful concept and it embodies why one of America's greatest sources of strength is our alliances. They're not only important to us, they're important to the rest of the world. In the entire history of NATO, Article 5 has only been invoked once to stand with the United States of America after we were attacked on 9-11. The whole world knows if any adversary were to attack us, our NATO allies would have our back. And they know we would have their backs as well. And that's why what the former president said is so dangerous. All right. So, again, I'll remind you what the former president actually said, and then we'll, and then we'll break down this video. I came in, I made a speech, and I said, you got to pay up. They asked me that question. One of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay? You're delinquent? He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. And the money came flowing in. So this is, again, and now Biden, how dare he say that? But first of all, this is typical Trump, right? And this is, if anybody cares to pay attention to what actually did happen when Trump was the president and he demanded that other NATO nations pay their fair share of their GDP for their military obligations to NATO, they suddenly all did. Yeah, and, amazing and if how it, that works. And if it takes walking in there, you know, Biden rightfully points out Article 5 of NATO, which says that an attack on one is an attack on all. Well, that's not all the NATO agreement says. The NATO agreement also says that every nation must pay a minimum of their gross domestic product for their military defense. And for decades, those nations did not uphold their end of that deal because they relied on America. You know, America spends a huge amount of its gross domestic product on defense, not just for our country, but for other countries. And it's reasonable to say, listen, if you don't uphold this part of NATO, then why should we be expected to uphold that part of NATO? And of course, the narrative now is Trump wants to shred NATO. No, actually, if you think about it objectively, which I know it's impossible to do these days, uh, whether Trump said it in those words or not, What ended up happening at the end of the Trump presidency is NATO was strengthened. NATO was strengthened because everybody was adhering to their end of the deal. The U.S. always props up these organizations. I mean, look, NATO is very important, obviously, um, but it's the same thing with the U.N. We are by far pay the lion's share to keep the lights on at the U.N., even though that organization actually works contrary to our interests, unlike NATO. I think, you know, we've got to continue to support NATO. But NATO is supposed to be a coalition, just like the UN is supposed to be a coalition of of states and nations. And it it really, it it is incredibly upsetting that the U.S. pays, um, again, supports these organizations with no help. Uh, from these member or very little help from these member countries. I get it. And, and, and of course, Biden's video, once again, I'll oh, just, yes. I, I want to get back to the video here. An attack on one is an attack on all. 
That's what NATO's Article 5 says. It's a simple but powerful concept. So this is two minutes long, this video. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joe Concha and Phil Kirpin have both ed- analyzed this video. Concha, who's a media analyst over at Fox, he's found 28 different edits in the wow. video. Um, Kirpin thinks that he saw 29 Larry, edits. Explain that a little bit, though. So basically... Here, here's the thing. Like you and I will speak on. You forget take us out of the mix. You tune into the Mark Levin show. Mark Levin sits and in his opening monologue, he'll speak to you for about fifteen to eighteen minutes straight, without any break, without any stop, without any commercials, without sometimes taking a breath because he's Mark right. Levin, <laughs> and it's all one stream of thought. And he's able to communicate fifteen to seventeen minutes worth of ideas to you at yeah. a complex level without stopping, without breaking, without any edits. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes. People will be able to, you know, if you watch cable news and somebody's asked a question on Brett Baer's panel, and then they speak for two minutes answering you, you that question and they give their ideas. You do this we on do town it all hall. the time. We do, yeah. we do, yeah, I do. When I do my town hall video every day at noon, I do about it 60 minutes without a break. Right. I mean, but you, you play an, a video clip sometimes, right? Right. Like we just played an audio clip. Joe Biden cannot sit still and deliver two minutes. And by the way, he's reading from a teleprompter. Yes. It's all scripted. He cannot sit and read his script and look into the camera for two minutes without there being 29 edits where they have to stop, start again, and splice in the best versions of it to make it coherent and make it make sense. They go back afterwards, go to the editing room, and then they put together two minutes of his best stuff. And more importantly, someone, a producer, is probably saying, read this portion. Okay, break. Now read it again. Now break. Now read this portion. And then they stitch it together. It is not a monologue. And that is important. It shows the level of production that needs to go into him making a two-minute speech. All right, a little bit more on the hysteria about Trump, which is typical, and also uh, the latest move at the UN. Joe Biden asking the UN to stop our ally, Israel in the middle of their war to defend themselves. That's coming up in a moment. First at six. Veritas Academy was chosen by Niche as the number one Christian and private school in Northern Virginia and third in the state of Virginia. Visit the National Landing Campus and join the Headmaster for Coffee every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. VeritasAcademyDC.com, VeritasAcademyDC.com. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose, to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. 16 WMAL Traffic and Weather. Weeknights with Mark Levin, 6 to 9 p.m. On News Talk 105.9 WMAL, making sense of the news. So everyone's screaming at Donald Trump because he hasn't condemned the death of Alexei Navalny. The statement he put out said the sudden death of Alexei Navalny has made me more and more aware of what's happening in our country. And then he talks about how uh, it's a slow, steady progression with crooked, radical left politicians, prosecutors, judges, leading us down a path to destruction, open borders, rigged elections, and grossly unfair courtroom decisions are destroying America. We're a nation in decline, a failing nation, MAGA 2024. Uh, do, do I wish he would have used unequivocal terms saying, you know, the death of Navalny is horrendous and horrible and he's been murdered? Yeah. In the end? Of course. Yeah, Does but it, it wouldn't matter. 
Of course it doesn't it, matter. It doesn't matter. They we were... have a president right now who's sitting in the White House who two years ago said if if Navalny dies in prison, there's going to be gross consequences, severe consequences against Vladimir Putin. And then it happened. And then when asked about it, Biden says, oh, well, you know, it's different now. That was two years ago. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry. What What's worse, the fact that Trump won't use unequivocal language to condemn the death of Navalny or that we have a president right now where the death took place on his watch? He warned that it shouldn't happen. It happened. And, it's again and, this, and he's not doing this red line baloney that we yeah. see from Obama. This is just an extension of that. The threats mean nothing. Right. these people and they want donald trump to say something to make them feel better now again i it's not breaking news to suggest that donald trump doesn't always say and do the things that i wish he were to say and do and certainly say them in the way that i wish he did but guess what that's that's life deal with it the best thing to do as a voter is to look at the results what were the results in america and for the world during Trump's presidency versus the actual results we're seeing when, oh, we've got a guy who threw his word salad in 29 different edits in a video says all the things that the establishment in this town wants him to say, but does it make a difference? Does it actually, does it actually affect policy? No. No. And I, and I refuse to, you know, fall on a sword and, 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 you know, rent my clothing and, and act like the world is coming to an end because Donald Trump is, does not speak from the same script that that uh, Nikki Haley and Bill Crystal demand that he speak from. That's right. That's right. Well, and also, you know, there, the situation with Navalny is unfortunate, um, and and certainly, you know, yeah, he, he I, I, I'm well, it's with you. That. I mean, it's it's evil. Oh, it's I mean, evil, they, and I and I and I'm with you. I wish you know it could have been very easy for him to say, you know, the death of Navalny is a terrible. Yeah, uh, but he is. This is. We know how Trump reacts, or we know how he he doesn't get involved in these things. He doesn't right. want to get involved in criticizing and, Putin. And and to be fair, Julie, if I could, it's understandable that the man is literally being legally persecuted by the Biden administration, threatened with jail time. Yes. He just found out two, four days ago that he's, you know, been charged with $355 million in a crime that is made up. Right. And he's supposed to. And, and it's victimless it, crime. Impossible for him to stand up there and say, you know, yeah, it's pretty bad to jail your political opponents. Take a look at what they're doing here. Right. Guys. Right. Um, and everyone's, you know, shocked and outraged that that happens. It's it's again, the, the setup here is so obvious what they're attempting to to do. And meanwhile, I, sorry, I'm more concerned about what what this current president is doing and how he's undermining not just our position, but also our allies. He's going to the U.N. Security Council to force a ceasefire on Israel. Israel doesn't want that. Israel is conducting a war. Israel has been attacked. Israel is our ally. That's right. And by the way, he doesn't have the cojones to stand up on the world right. stage and speak for himself. He's going to beg the U.N. to do it. And the U.N., their organization has just been implicated with at least 12 members participating in those terror attacks. Yeah, and he's got people who worked for the enemy in his administration, and he's influenced by anti-Semites like Rashida Tlaib. Because he's worried about votes. Um, this is not a principled, uh, uh, these aren't principled decisions that Biden is making. It's entirely a political calculation. Yeah. So, so, and, and, oh, it's, it's beyond a political calculation. The cynicism here, because yeah. then the United States yesterday vetoed the resolution. Yeah. 
calling for the ceasefire. So they moved it. They pressed yep. it. They operated behind the scenes to force this thing. And then they grandstand and say, no, 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 we don't want. So they're sending the message to Israel without yeah. actually and, and then trying to get credit for the veto. Right. Instead of just keeping their mouth shut and letting Benjamin Netanyahu defend his, his people war. Yes. and fight his war. Yeah. I'm sorry. I refuse to get upset that Donald Trump didn't say exactly what Joe Biden wanted him to say about Vladimir Putin when Joe Biden is running to the U.N. And Good morning. Good morning, Julie. It's that button right next to where okay, it says okay. microphone on. I was trying to be smooth. I was trying to be smooth. I was a little slow. Cal Thomas is always smooth, especially <laughs> when he's wearing his brand new $399 gold LeMay Trump kicks. Nice shoes, Cal. Yeah, I was thinking about uh, who else uh, would be good for these kind of shoes. I think we could get uh, two left feet for Nancy Pelosi. How's that? <laughs> I don't know. I bet she's a good dancer. Really? What? Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you, we need to talk a little bit about what's going on in Russia because this is very, very scary. I mean, they've arrested this American ballerina with dual citizenship just because uh, she donated $51 to Ukraine. She's facing life in prison. Uh, they're now going after uh, Alexei Navalny's uh, brother and his wife, uh, John Kirby, the uh, really the White House spokesman, forget Jean-Pierre, uh, yeah. has, has said if you're an American, get out of Russia now, immediately. I mean, th this is scary stuff. And why is Putin behaving like this? Because he doesn't think it's going to matter to Biden, who doesn't uh, think, he doesn't know what's going on at all. Now, the administration is going to impose new sanctions, they say, tough sanctions on Friday. Do you think that's going to deter Putin at this point? I yeah. Don't. Of course not. And we were just we were just talking about this, that, you know, Putin talked really tough a couple of years ago. He got there on the world stage. You know, he, he said, if anything happens to Navalny, then Putin's going to pay a drastic price. And then when uh, it happened, they killed Navalny. He's murdered in jail. And people say, well, what are you going to do, Mr. Biden? He goes, oh, well, that was two years ago. Things are different now. So what the hell is that supposed to be about? Yeah, well, it's, it's been going on for some time, uh, Larry. Uh, you remember Obama said uh, that if uh, 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 Bashar Assad in Syria used chemical weapons, that would be a red line. Yep. Yeah. Well, he used chemical weapons, and uh, the red line disappeared. Uh, our enemies are looking at us as feckless, weak, uh, non-promise keeping, no longer a threat, to them. It used to be if you touched the hair on an American's head, you would get uh, bombed, You'd, uh, the CIA would take you out or something. Now the world's dictators feel it's open season on America. Well, and of course, President Trump running, running for president and the presumptive nominee for the Republicans, he put out a statement uh, that many people believed was not as forceful, at, let's say, at the very least. And, and as I just said, didn't he didn't read the script that Bill Crystal and Nikki Haley would have liked him to read. <laughs> and so then that becomes the major focus of everyone's ire, which, and listen, I understand, you know, I, I, I'd be a rich man if I had a dollar every time Donald Trump didn't say things exactly the way I wish he said them, Cal. But it seems to me the bigger outrage happens to be the person who's currently our president, who has allowed all of this stuff to happen under his watch. It's not like Putin was flexing his muscles very much when Trump was in the White House. 
You know, statements don't matter. Actions matter. And uh, as I just said, and you, you indicated as well, uh, you, know, you look at Ronald Reagan, and when the, on the day he was inaugurated, the Ayatollah released all of those American hostages because he actually believed that Reagan was going to bomb the poop out of, out of uh, Iran. And, <laughs> yes. that's, and that's, that's the kind of attitude you need to have. Peace through strength. If you're a bully and, and America is strong, you're not going to attack Americans. You're not going to attack America. Now, look at what the Houthis are doing. Uh, they, they sank a British ship. They, they continue to attack American forces there. And what do we do? We send a, you know, a few missiles their way. That's not going to deter them. Yeah. We are perceived as weak by everybody. And that is extremely dangerous. Well, Cal, I'd like to ask you also, the Democrats, for their part, instead of focusing on what's going on in Russia and what's going on with Putin, they're re sort of restarting this Russia collusion hoax. Um, you saw Jamie Raskin uh, bring it up, uh, Dan Goldman bring it up, um, Nancy Pelosi saying that there's some sort of financial arrangement with Russia. I mean, it's just insane um, that they are re-upping this when obviously this was proven false. I'll tell you what uh, is a financial arrangement, Julie. How do you come to Washington as a member of Congress or even the president? And uh, you make uh, in Congress, you, you make over $100,000 a year and you leave a multimillionaire. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how do you become uh, you know, president of the United States or vice president of the United States? And then you uh, have all of this money coming in from Ukraine and China through various uh, up to 20 LLCs. That's what the real scandal That's is. Right. Uh, and I think, uh-huh. uh, you know, this, this has not been fully investigated. This is what what they're trying to do in the House right now, and the Democrats are trying to change the subject from uh, Biden's uh, uh, declining uh, mental state uh, to all of his family business dealings, and so that's why they're bringing up this Russian collusion business again. Yeah, Dan Dan Goldman yesterday, a freshman congressman in New York, literally said that if they continue investigating Joe Biden, then the Republicans are are doing Putin's and Russians election interference work for them. It's it's yeah. f- unbelievable. Cal, yeah. real fast, yeah. we have the South Carolina primary this Saturday. Um, what does Nikki Haley need? To, I mean, it's funny the the bar has been lowered so much for Nikki Haley. It's like, well, how much does she have to lose by to yeah. to stay in the race? Well, I, uh, look, uh, I think she's uh, staying in uh, primarily to be a credible candidate in 2028. There's just no way she's going to win South Veritas Academy was chosen by Niche as the number one Christian and private school in Northern Virginia and third in the state of Virginia. Visit the National Landing Campus and join the Headmaster for Coffee every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. VeritasAcademyDC.com, VeritasAcademyDC.com. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. so why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen. Carolina, there's no way that she's going to win the nomination. Competition is good, though, and and she has some good things to say. And, uh, you know, torch passed to a new generation, to quote JFK, uh, and and I think we need younger leadership. But uh, the voters don't think so right now. Yeah. And uh, that's that's what America is about. You you vote for who you want and you get and uh, and and deal with who you have. I don't disagree with wanting. Uh, trust me, I would. I, I want a younger generation. It's funny. My generation's going to get skipped over. We're going to go from all these boomers to millennials, and Generation X is just going to sit here saying, "Hey, what about Typical. us?" 
But well, in your but, case, Larry, I think it's probably a good thing. Well, yeah, I didn't mean myself personally, Cal. <laughs> obviously, uh, but but at some point, Nikki, I recognize Nikki Haley staying in, so she's the you know next one in line or the first one spoken of for four years from now. But at the same time, doesn't she risk? continuing this divide her rhetoric is getting more heated and more divisive against donald trump and at some point the longer she stays in the more fractured the republican base is which doesn't help us in the general so she it's a delicate little dance she's got to perform here well you're right and uh, i think uh, the democrats will be using a lot of her sound bites attacking yeah. donald trump in their uh, in their fall campaign Campaign exactly. ads. Yeah. Look, if 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 it's inevitable that Trump is going to win, uh, you just say that I uh, I accept the will of the voters and I'm going to support the Republican nominee if it's Donald Trump. And then we'll see what happens in four years. And I'm going to work to try to make him a success, because if he is a success, then America is a success. Something yeah. like that. I think that would be much better. Something like that. There you go. Kel Thomas. Did you see Madonna falling off the chair, by the way, at her concert? <laughs> uh, no, I missed that. But maybe she should. Uh, have a have a can of Red Bull like Julie to help wake her up. <laughs> Thanks, Cal. Thanks, it is six forty. It looks like the fight over the racist admissions policy at Thomas Jefferson High School in Fairfax is now over, and the bad guys won. The Supreme Court decided yesterday they're not going to review the standing decision from an appeals court that keeps these policies intact. Understand that when Fairfax County decided that they wanted to inject more racial equity for diversity at Thomas Jefferson High School, they changed the standards. They weighted people from uh, impoverished backgrounds and uh, various other criteria that was specifically designed not just to bolster a representation from black or Latino communities, but very specifically to diminish the representation from Asian American communities, because in their minds, in their racist minds, in my opinion, Asians were too overrepresented. We had too many Asians here at Thomas Jefferson High School, so we've got to tinker with things to change the racial makeup. They applied those new standards. They were sued over those new standards because there were highly qualified Asian American students who had worked their tails off, who were denied admittance. The first court sided with the parents and said, yeah, this is wrong, this is racist. That went to appeal. The appeals court overturned the lower court and said, nope, this is fine what Fairfax has done. And now the Supreme Court of the United States, despite the objections of Justices Alito and Thomas, the Supreme Court has decided that they will not review this. It is not ripe for them to make a Supreme Court decision. And the policy stand. Yeah, it is an absolute travesty that this policy, which penalizes high-performing students um, and and puts them really at the bottom of the the line, at the bottom of the line, um, is going to continue. There have been incredibly dedicated parents um, trying to to push back on this. Uh, Harry Jackson, Ostra Nomani, uh, they really did a lot of work on this, and, and, and good for them, but it's, a, it's an enormous disappointment. Hung Kao, who went to the Naval Academy, retired as a combat veteran in the United States Navy as a captain and worked with special operations on the uh, explosive uh, detonation ordinance uh, uh, teams. He's now running for Senate. He was one of the first Asian-American students at Thomas Jefferson High School. 
if Fairfax County School Board and the powers that be at Thomas Jefferson had their way, Hung Kao would not have been able to get to the school because of the color of his skin, because of his genetic makeup and his racial background. The percentage of Asian American students in the very first class admitted under the new standards dropped from around 70% Asian American to 50% Asian American. That's not an accident. And, well, it's, uh, it's, it's, I, Glenn Youngkin put out a statement saying that he was disappointed. That's an understatement. Uh, he said the nation was built on the idea of building a better future through hard work and determination. And we should recommit to those ideals. Admissions should be based on merit. We should embrace excellence and reward high-achieving students. And, and for everybody who's saying, well, this is white supremacy, this is racism. No, actually, this is about fairness and merit. Uh, I, th- this is about making sure that the best get into the school so that they can achieve at the highest level. It's the whole point. Uh, we're going to speak with Asher Nomani, as you mentioned just now. Julie, she sort of led the charge on yeah. this fight. She's going to join us at 735 to reflect on this. And knowing Asra and knowing the people. She's already who got have, plans. Yeah, there's already <laughs> a plan B. It's not going to end here. Uh, but ultimately, there is a way to not need the Supreme Court and not need all of these legal challenges. The way to fix this, ultimately, is to vote these SOBs out of the That's school board. Right. That's, that's that's the bottom. Right. As long as your school board looks the way it does, yeah. and and, Wake up. and follows these radical decisions, this is what you're going to get. It is six fifty. Veritas Academy was chosen by Niche as the number one Christian and private school in Northern Virginia and third in the state of Virginia. Visit the National Landing Campus and join the headmaster for coffee every Tuesday morning at nine a.m. VeritasAcademyDC.com. VeritasAcademyDC.com.